Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, episode number one. When you understand where your food is coming from, you feel more connected to what's on the plate. I mean, the care that and love that went into a lot of love at the it. farmers market. Exactly, for there's sure. lots of love. God, it's my happy place. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it like your church? You go there Seriously, and- <laughs> like praise carrots. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. (laughs) I love that. Did you laugh because you're on Tinder? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and now into Bumble, though. Bumble, What's Bumble? Bumble's my new Tinder. Ooh. Bumble is like the female empowerment Tinder. So the females have control. Oh. You had the woman has to message the man. Ooh, oh, I, I love have heard that. of Bumble. I okay. Love it. Yeah. I'm That's awesome. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome to the first ever Food Heals podcast, episode number one. Today, we're talking to Stephanie Goldfinger of Cooking for Love about how to make delicious, rich vegetarian cuisine and her top five must-haves in the kitchen. Stay with us because halfway through the podcast, I'm going to tell you about two amazing deals I scored for you for discounts on some of our favorite products. And Susie and I have a special announcement at the end of the podcast, so... Stay tuned for that. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Our podcast is sponsored today by the Global Healing Center, which offers a wide variety of high quality green lifestyle products to help you maintain a clean body and live a healthy lifestyle. I'm a huge fan of theirs. I've worked with them for a long time. I love their products. It's also sponsored by Whitney Lauritsen, the eco vegan gal and her amazing new book, Healthy Organic Vegan on a Budget which will teach you the skills to meal plan effectively, shop like an expert, find discounts on organic food, and so much more. We'll let you know how to get these discounts on these products later in the show. And Whitney's also a friend of the show, so stay tuned as we will be interviewing her in an upcoming episode. Um, And on the Food Heals podcast, we just want you to know that we only partner with sponsors who have products and services we believe in. So if you hear an ad on the podcast, just remember it is something that Susie and I fully support and that their support of this podcast helps keep the show free for you, Food Heals Nation. All right, let's get started with Stephanie. Let's do it. Yes. The Food Heals podcast starts now. And today we're here with an awesome guest. She's the owner of Cooking for Love, where she cooks up vegetarian food to please even the most carnivorous of appetites. She teaches private and corporate cooking classes for anyone from raw vegans to full-on meat eaters, cooks up a storm as a personal chef, develops original meat-free recipes, and works on camera for healthy living food brands, all with the goal of making a plant-based diet more accessible and delicious for all. Please welcome my friend, Stephanie Goldfinger. Hi. Hey, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah. It's good to see you after you just got back from your trip. I know. Uh, it was an amazing journey around Spain, eating my way. Wow. <laughs> eating awesome. my way through Spain. Did yeah. you blog about it or anything? I did. I actually just posted um, my article on how to survive as a vegetarian in Spain. So everyone told me that I would not be able to get through my two weeks without eating ham. Wow. (laughs) Or that I would starve to death. So I set out to prove everyone wrong, and I did. That's Uh, awesome. awesome. And how was it? It was so incredible. The food was amazing, and I was shocked at how easy it was to eat plants the entire time. So um, there were tons of vegan restaurants. There were tons of gluten-free bakeries. It was an incredibly progressive plant-based food scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which parts of Spain did you go to? Um, I went all over. I started in Madrid, then went to San Sebastian, then Barcelona. Valencia, Sevilla, and Granada. Yeah, I've done Sevilla and Granada, but I haven't done the others. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I amazingly did not come back weighing 200 pounds. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look great. You look healthy. You look thin. Tan. Yeah, thanks. She always is Beach tan. life. <laughs> yeah. She's a volleyball player living in Venice. Ah. If she's not tan, something's, something's, something's up. up. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I slather myself with sunscreen and just... You know, it doesn't stick. (laughs) I hear you. All right. So, Stephanie, tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. I am a vegetarian chef. I am a personal chef for families that don't have time to cook for themselves. And I also teach cooking lessons to people that 
are used to using the microwave and ordering takeout and empowering them to be able to cook really awesome, delicious, nutritious meals on their own. That's amazing. Thank you. I, I really enjoy that aspect of my job. Um, the more I teach, the more it kind of, I don't know, it just feels like I'm hanging out with friends and um, really kind of inspiring people to take control of what they're eating and um, in a really fun way. So um, I, I love I love the teaching part of it. How long have you been teaching? Uh, it's been about two years now uh, since I started this company. I used to be a web designer and um, it was a great job. I kind of li- I liked it. Um, I was good at it, but I had zero passion for it. And um, I would find myself taking really long breaks to cook like elaborate six course meals for <laughs> for a bunch of friends. And, and that would be my happy, like stress free zone. Um, and the more I did it, the more people were like, please teach me how to do this or please cook for me. So I did. So you turn this passion for food into a career. Exactly. I never I, I always cooked, but I never thought thought it could be a job and a way to make money and and um starting this like changed my life because waking up every day doing something that I'm excited about and passionate about is just it's life-changing that's awesome I love everything you're saying right now because as you know Susie and I are both entrepreneurs in the world of food holistic health and I wouldn't have it any other way and I feel like hearing your story, people might think, oh, well, she did it. Maybe I can do it too. Maybe I can stop my nine to five. Maybe I can stop going to a job that I hate and I can turn something I'm passionate about, whether it's food or whether it's art or whether it's who knows? Maybe they are passionate about web design. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> web design is really fun and we do awesome. need it. It's just not my thing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, doesn't it come into your business now because you can design your own website? Exactly. And look, Food Heals Nation, all of her websites, which we will definitely put in the show notes and she'll talk about at the end of the podcast, are beautiful. Stunning. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it is really nice because I save a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so what got you started in this field of health and vegetarianism and wanting to, you know, eat this way? Um, well, I, I grew up always eating pretty well. I came from a cooking family where, where food was the center of our universe. The kitchen and the dining room table was a place where we connected and talked about our days and really enjoyed the process of cooking and eating. Um, so I always cooked. As it should be. Exactly. <laughs> so I always cooked, um, but never really thought about food in a healthy way or as a, as a path to health. I always just thought about food as just tasting amazing and and enjoying it. I was always an athlete growing up, so I never really dieted. I never, I was always burning more calories than I was putting into my body. Um, And as I got older and as I became less active, (laughs) I needed to take a little more care in what I ate. Um, And I I never was a huge meat eater. I I was kind of like omnivore, on and on, on again, off again, vegetarian. And about five years ago, I read this book, uh, Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer, and um, it blew my mind. Um, for those of you who haven't read it or don't know what the book is about, it's um, basically, it's not a case for vegetarianism or veganism. It's a case for um, really starting to pay attention to what you eat and where your food comes from. And it's pretty much an expose on the factory farming industry in America and how how the food system is corrupt and how it's really changed from what it used to be. And um, 
reading about his journey and um, and kind of the horrific impact that the industry is having on the economy, on the environment and on animal welfare, um, it kind of shook me awake in a way that I hadn't before and um, haven't eaten meat since. That was my path to becoming a vegetarian. And then as I became a vegetarian, I needed to be more and more creative with how to eat well um, and to nourish my body in a really good way. And as an athlete, I needed, you know, lots of fuel. And um, I wanted to do it in my own kitchen. I don't like to eat out a lot. Um, it's expensive. And and mm-hmm. why, why go out when you can cook something awesome at home <laughs> yourself? Um, so when I, when I started my company cooking for love a couple years ago, I actually started it as an omnivorous company where I would cook anything for anyone and teach anyone to cook anything. Um, but I didn't eat meat. So it seemed kind of a disconnect as I, (laughs) as I, as I, it happened pretty quickly where I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like my passion is, uh, meat-free cooking. So why not? spread that passion and kind of be focused. So um, I now solely do vegetarian and vegan food, but with the focus on on food that tastes really good, that's not just rabbit food, not just kale and quinoa, although it is incorporated into a lot of things I, I cook. Um, I really try to focus on comfort food and, and things that nourishes your soul as well as like making you feel nourished in your belly. Um, things that remind you of being a kid and and eating that like really awesome thing, you know, on the weekends, like mac and cheese and lasagnas and things like that, that I mean, all of us love, um, just making it a little bit healthier and a little more nourishing. So, um, so I have a, most of my clients are actually meat eaters that are trying to eat a little bit more, more plant-based food and trying to incorporate that into our diet. Yeah, because there's such a myth out there, um, by people that don't understand this movement or this way of eating yet that, well, I could never do it because the food won't taste good. I won't feel nourished. I won't feel strong. And, you know, you're busting that myth because I've tasted your food and it's so good. (laughs) And I know from my experience, you know, first going vegetarian, now going mostly plant-based, mostly vegan, um, thinking the same thing and being scared and going, what am I going to eat? And then once you start doing it, you just start meeting other people who do it. You start learning from them how to cook, what to eat. There's recipes online. It's so easy now to find out how to eat this food and how to feel amazing. I am getting hungry just talking about this. I'm picturing mac and cheese and lasagna and just, oh, I'm getting hungry. Oh, you got to try, try my jackfruit pulled pork sliders. Oh, there we go with the jackfruit again. <laughs> I've heard about you. I didn't even know what jackfruit really was until a couple of weeks ago. Oh my God, it's so good. Hashtag food pork. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and my fried pickles. <gasps> Ooh, I love pickles in any form. <laughs> Me too, right? <laughs> Fermented foods, pickles, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, the comfort food. It's like, I'm from the South. I know what comfort food Mm -hmm. is. I understand mac and cheese and fried chicken and everything, collard greens, which is a vegetable, but it's fried in fat and, you know, (laughs) stewed to the death. Yeah. But there are restaurants in Los Angeles that I've been to that do it so well. And I feel like I'm transported back in time to the South and it's Mm -hmm. all vegan and it's all rich and delicious. And even at my rehearsal dinner, I had two really rich dishes that were completely vegan. One was a vegan mac and cheese one was a vegan mashed potatoes you know no butter and it was also made with cauliflower and people had no idea they were just like oh this is so great and I was telling people they're like really no way and I was like yeah and I wasn't trying to push anything on them but it's just kind of nice to you know let people know like I don't eat 
rabbit food. I don't eat pieces of lettuce for dinner. Like I eat a very rich diet and I'm very happy and I don't feel bloated and deathly ill after I have a big meal. I feel nourished and energetic and that's the difference. And I I know what it's like because I used to eat the shitty food. Right, exactly. Well, I love what you said that you you kind of don't force it on people. You you lead by example, and I'm a firm believer in when you try to you know push your message down people's throat. When you try to preach, uh, you're you're not going to get any long lasting converts <laughs> to right. vegetarian or veganism. So I think by showing people by just feeding them um, really amazing food that just happens to be meat free and having them really enjoy it, that's the way to go. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, and then once they realize they can eat it and it tastes good, then the other benefits are their cholesterol goes yeah. down. They lose weight and things that they may have not even been trying to do. Right. Um, there was just a great movie that came out, Plant Pure Nation, and they put um, a group of people on a plant-based diet. I think it was vegan. And essentially, people lost so much weight. They felt so much better. They lowered their cholesterol. They got rid of their medications that they were on. And they were all from the South, from North Carolina, oh, yeah. in a small town, and they're all converts. And it's like, I know that this is not for everyone, but if you eat more plants, you're going to feel better. Exactly. Now, Stephanie, I have a question. How mm-hmm. much in your cuisine do you – I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. So you know how there's a lot of like out there, if you go to Trader Joe's or any of your Whole Foods and they sometimes have like like a tof, a tof, like a tofer, tofurkey or yeah, whatever, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a meat-free but fake meat – how much of that do you use in your own diet versus just creating really delicious plant-based stuff that doesn't necessarily mimic a meat? I know the right. jackfruit. I need yeah. to try the jackfruit right. for sure. This is the second time I've heard about pulled pork jackfruit. But well, I does actually, that question make sense? Yeah, I feel like it's totally 100%. That so I really try to stay away from processed uh kind of vegan junk food, mm-hmm. vegan junk food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of a myth that vegans are healthier because a lot of vegans are vegan junk food eaters. That's true. And um, so I still, I'll still use those products, but just not often. Um, there are some that are really amazing, like um, like Beyond Meats, which is pea protein based and it's, it's soy-free and gluten-free. Um, it's filled with vegetables and fruits. Um, so I'll use things like that. I'll use um, like field row sausage, um, which is also soy-free and it's actually pretty good for you um, compared to the stuff that's filled with just like no nutritional value. Yeah. Um, but I do try to stay away from soy. Like my, my stomach just can't handle it. Um, and um, I do use things like jackfruit and mushrooms and things that mimic the taste and feel of meat without being processed. It's mm-hmm. actually a, mm-hmm. a whole food plant-based thing mm-hmm. instead of something that's been created in a factory. Um, and then I balance it. I balance it with, with whole grains and nuts and, and vegetables, um, that are not trying to be anything than, than their purest, beautiful and what form. they are. Exactly. Like a roasted carrot on its own is something of great beauty. Yeah. Um, cause carrot. I think that was always something that kind of turned me off. I'm food heals nation. I am not a vegetarian. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. I do still eat meat, but um, from having lots of friends in Los Angeles that are vegetarians and vegans, I had noticed they would eat a lot of the processed fake meats and I would eat with, you know, they don't eat meat. So we would go to a vegetarian Thai restaurant and they'd have a fake chicken dish in their pad Thai or whatever. Right. And I'd bite into it and I'd be like, you know what? I'd rather have this without the fake meat. I'd exactly. rather just have the veggies and the pot and the noodles or whatever. It would turn me off. It's like, I, I can't eat that way. Right. But 
I fully appreciate fruits and vegetables full on, like in their own state, where I don't need to pretend I'm eating meat right. when I'm not. Right. And I think a lot of people do that because they, they they miss meat. Right. And they also want to get the protein. texture. And they right? don't know a way to get protein without having those kind of substitutes. But um, I think once people start learning that there are amazing alternatives, like quinoa is a complete protein and yeah. nutritional yeast and, and nuts and, and, and fruits and vegetables, like they're all – incredible sources if you combine them in the right way Mm -hmm. and I agree with you I when I go to those Thai restaurants like I just I want the flavors of the noodles and the vegetables and the sauces like I don't need the tofu in there right and it does make the difference on how you feel like we were talking earlier because it's the vegan junk food is this soy-based meat product that doesn't really have any nutritional value and 90% something like that of soy is genetically modified. So you're trying to be healthy, but you're eating this fake meat. It's not necessarily making you healthier. It might be doing the same effects as eating something that you're trying to avoid. So it really is figuring out what works for you. Right. Yeah. And I, I just started cooking for this family where it's such an interesting hybrid of, of it's, it's actually representative of how most families are, I think starting to be in Los Angeles, but the dad's a a hardcore lifelong vegan. The mom is an omnivore and the three kids are vegetarians. So (laughs) (laughs) so I spend my every Tuesday trying to figure out how the heck to feed this family that nourishes all of them and makes them all happy. But the dad was a typical junk food vegan and the kids refuse to eat vegetables. So like, <laughs> I I have a vegetarian re- kids who don't eat vegetables. Exactly. That is so a challenge. It's really fun. So I've gotten them to eat like the whole spectrum of vegetables in just the course of a couple months. Um, they're eating mushrooms, they're eating zucchini, they're eating kale. Like it's pretty awesome. And the dad, more importantly, is not eating vegan junk food anymore. He's eating like really like whole, <laughs> like whole plant-based food. So it's really exciting to kind of show that there's an alternative to that method of, of veganism, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's really important. It's like this, all of what we're talking about here, you really have to educate yourself. I mean, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? But it's really, it, it is very important to know whether you're omnivore, vegan, vegan, vegetarian, where your food is coming from and what you're putting on it. And exactly. Yeah. Well, I think also when you're, when you understand where your food is coming from, you feel more connected to what's on the plate. Like mm-hmm. you make smarter choices. Like when, when you go to the farmer's market and you speak to the farmers that actually picked that vegetable, uh, it's it's kind of a really cool experience because you know the story behind it and you take a little bit more care and preparation. And, and when you're eating it, you can kind of feel, I don't know, it's kind of cheesy, but like you feel the soul, like you feel the energy. Yeah. You feel that like energy of where that came from and the care that and love that went into a lot of love at the it. farmer's market. Exactly. For sure. There's lots of love. God, it's my happy place. <laughs> I was going to say, is it like your church? You go there Seriously, and- <laughs> like praise carrots. <laughs> Thank God for Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. All right. Next up, we're going to hear Stephanie's top five must-have staples in the kitchen after a brief message from our sponsors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Food Heals podcast, where you'll find the tools to become a hotter, healthier, happier you. We'll be right back with Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Food Heals Nation, are you looking to eat a more organic, plant-based diet but are afraid of the cost and clueless about recipes that actually taste good? Do you want to learn the secrets to eating food that tastes amazing, helps the planet, 
heals your body and doesn't break the bank? Then check out the Eco Vegan Gal's new ebook, Healthy Organic Vegan on a Budget. In the book, Whitney divulges the secrets and strategies to saving money while still buying organic, nutritionally dense food, as well as shares recipes on how to cook delicious plant-based meals for yourself and your family. Use the discount code FOODHEALS and get a free copy of the ebook when you buy a Food Is My Healthcare t-shirt. Check it out at veganebook.com forward slash foodheals. We love her book and we know you will too. Food Heals Nation, if you are looking for the highest quality supplements, the most luscious organic skincare, and a brand name that you can trust to be free from toxic chemicals, look no further than the Global Healing Center. I have been using their products for years. Their Parfait Visage face lotion literally makes my skin look younger. And it comes in a beautiful bottle, so it is perfect as a gift as well. And the Oxy Powder Colon Cleanse Capsules are the most powerful detox supplements I have ever use. They get everything out and they don't leave you feeling full or uncomfortable. The mission of the Global Healing Center is to bring back good health, positive thinking, happiness, and love. And they want to help you realize that your body is a self-healing mechanism. Well, I couldn't agree more. So I've teamed up with Dr. Group and the Global Healing Center to bring you a discount exclusive to Food Heals listeners. Go to their website at globalhealingcenter.com, pick out the items you want, and use the discount code FOODHEALS, all one word, for 20% off your purchase, plus free shipping to the U.S. and Canada. 20% off is a great deal, Food Heals Nation. I love their products, and I know you will too. You are listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Sorry, you can hide behind the mic. I'm like so nervous. (laughs) See, if you came later, we would have had some wine. Yeah. I just couldn't start at four. Oh, come on. You can have, I, look, I, I don't know what's wrong with her. I can start at four. I Pretend do. we're in Europe. Come I, on. I know. But we have, a, we have a podcast starting at nine tonight. No, I like, know. I'll be wasted Ooh, by the time she gets here. I'll be like, ah, uh, Nation. <laughs> Food Hills Nation is a judgment-free, judgment-free zone. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Stephanie Goldfinger, founder of Cooking for Love, who has starred in Food Network's primetime show, Food Truck Face-Off. She does catering, cooking classes, and personal chef services. All right, Stephanie, tell us your top five must-have staples in the kitchen. Okay. There are, I'm all about making my life easy, and my clients, my cooking class clients, their life's easier. Um, so there's no reason to do a brinois with your knife when you can do it on a mandolin. Um, you know, there's no reason to chop things in a million, a million different ingredients for a veggie burger when you can throw it in the food processor. So, um, so number one, the mandolin. Uh, I love my Japanese Benriner mandolin, which um, it's plastic. It's portable. It's super light. The blade is really sharp. And um, I couldn't live without it. It creates these super paper thin slices and julienne cuts like in an instant. Uh, so what is it exactly? I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I know what it is. I know. Oh, you, you do? Okay. Yeah, well, I think so. Okay. Correct me. But it's like it's like a rectangular piece. Uh-huh. And then you run the whatever you're slicing or chopping over it and it Thinly, exactly. you can adjust it and it makes different cuts and slices. All right. So awesome. You have to get one. It's like $40 and it's like one of the best tools. You I can don't buy. have one of those yet. Yeah. So what was the brand again that you like? Benriner. Benriner. Benriner is a Japanese brand. You can get it on Amazon. It is awesome. Get the wide one so you mm-hmm. can cut things like slicing onions. 
Like you can slice onions super paper thin and like it takes two seconds. It's so And amazing. it affects the flavor. To it does. I mean, you can do, yeah, it changes right. up a recipe. Exactly. And and w- even the reason why we, we want even cuts and why you learn knife skills is because when you cut evenly, it cooks evenly. So if you have a tiny piece and a big piece, the tiny piece is going to burn. The big piece is not going to cook. So this is a really great way if you don't have such great knife skills or if you're lazy like me, like you just <laughs> like run it through the mandolin and you are done. I don't see you as lazy though. Uh, <laughs> I'm not lazy. I just, uh, I want to make my life easier. There's gotcha. no reason to make life hard when you have an amazing tool right in front of you especially so. when you're cooking for yourself every exactly. day it's a yeah no one has time for that no <laughs> so uh yes the mandolin uh the microplane uh do you guys know what a microplane is nope all right yeah, you're i feel thinking like about it. I, yeah I'm trying <laughs> it's not no, I don't. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so it's this long, thin tool. Wait, it's a zester. Um, you zester. Can zester. I have Yay! one. I have one. <laughs> I just got one. So, I didn't know. Yes. Yeah, so it's a zester is another name. Um, it, you can do cheese. It, yeah. You great Parmesan cheese. You zest uh, citrus. Um, my favorite thing to use it for is actually to grate garlic and ginger. Oh. Um, instead of mincing with your knife, you just kind of run it over and you get like, you get amazing fresh minced garlic. Um, I'll, I'll microplane into my lemon vinaigrette. Like it's super I easy. love that. Yeah. It's a, it's a great tool to have. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> one of my clients last week, they joked that I should actually start having all these tools under my counter when I teach my cooking classes so they can buy them. Right I think there you should have utility belts. Exactly. And be able to whip them out. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, I want this. Where do I buy it? It's like, right here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the microplane, uh, food processor. Food processor. I cannot live without my food processor. I I use it at least five times a day. Um, I'll make veggie burgers in it. I'll make pestos, everything under the sun. It's like my workhorse. Um, and I had this debate with one of my students the other, the other week with, for my fourth one, the Vitamix, which I also couldn't live without, but I actually would get rid of my Vitamix before I get rid of my food processor. Um, so the Vitamix is another one or a Blendtec, some kind of high powered blender where you can make things like nut milks and soups and sauces that are super smooth. There's no need to strain. Um, it's really fast and powerful. Um, that's, it's one of my favorites. I actually just got one, I guess, last year and I can't imagine living without it. What, what's the difference between a Blendtec and a typical blender? So a Blendtec or a Vitamix and a typical blender, um, they're just really, they're much more powerful. Um, they have a high speed motor. Um, you can do the same thing in a regular blender. It's just not going to get as smooth and it's going to take longer and um you need to chop things finer before you put them in um this you can throw in like i don't know like a whole cucumber and it'll like eviscerate it in like two seconds so um so it's speed and efficiency speed efficiency and power really like the power is what does it so you can do things in the in a Blendtec or Vitamix that you could not do in a regular blender. Like you'd have to strain your soup afterwards because it just wouldn't get smooth. Yeah, because the Vitamix people are like a cult. If they if they have a Vitamix, they're gonna tell you why you need one too. Exactly, and they love it. That's right. <laughs> there, I mean, there are two schools. It's the Blendtec school versus the Vitamix school. Like like one or the other. There's the sharks and the jets. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a new Broadway musical. Exactly. <laughs> But people will go down fighting for, like, their brand. And, you know, like, there there are definitely differences between the two, but they really do the same thing. It's just – it's 
a matter of automation and the the construction of of the actual container. So I think they're both great. Yeah. Um, and I forgot what my fifth thing. What's my fifth thing? Uh, wine. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, salt. I guess it's not really a tool, but it is. Like I, the difference between restaurant quality food and home cooking generally is people don't use enough salt. People are afraid of salt. Um, I think unless you have, you know, actually high cholesterol, you can't have salt. Um, you just need to use natural sea salts instead of processed chemical iodized iodized salts. Um, and I always I always teach that you want to try and use the same salt when cooking uh, every single time and keep it in a pinch bowl. So I guess the pinch bowl would be the tool. Um, but full of salt, exactly full of salt. <laughs> um, so you kind of get the feel of of how much salt you're putting into something. So when you actually touch it, um, when you actually touch it and um, use the same salt every single time, um, you're, you're much less likely to oversalt something. Um, and always, you can always add, but you can't take away. So now is it a, I mean, I have done this actually where I didn't realize something was already salted and then I added salt and then it was oversalted yeah. and I looked online and said, add a raw potato. Oh God. I don't think it worked. You know, like there was really, I, I really think can... the only thing you can do in that situation is you just add more of everything. Yeah all of your ingredients yeah. and you just like double the recipe yeah. just double the salt. <laughs> that's generally the only thing I've found yeah. that really truly works right. um but I love salt salt's and, awesome it really can transform a dish it totally does yeah. and when it doesn't I mean people even in baking you need it in baking exactly and people don't understand they're like oh it's gonna make it salty it's like it brings out the flavor in everything and our bodies need it anyway I right. mean Allison and I have had we do need to have a whole podcast about salt yes because the benefit, the benefits, <laughs> you'll be back for it. It's the benefit because I'm discovering that, that my grandfather, bless his heart, he lived in 99 and he would oversalt and he didn't use quality salt, but he oversalted his food and he lived and he was healthy. Right. Um, and he believes, and this is, he was from Europe and he's, he would always say salt is life. No, and it is that. like we need, our bodies need salt. Yeah. Our ocean is salt water. Exactly. Our bodies need salt. It's a mineral. It's essential. It's just like Stephanie said, we don't need the table white salt. Right. <laughs> That's exactly. been highly processed. And I bet when your grandfather was over salting in his younger years, the salt was natural. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. I love salt. Okay, we'll come back because we have been planning this, so we'll have you back for okay, that perfect. <laughs> so it's okay to we'll eat just, salt. Everyone. We'll do a yeah. salt tasting. Well, the best is when you, Ooh, you do. You guys, do you guys know what blanching is? Yeah. Okay. So blanching vegetables, like your water is actually supposed to taste like you took a big gulp of seawater. I don't know you what wanted, blanching that's all <laughs> You you nodded. <laughs> you nodded yes, but you really went no. I know. I was like, do I? No. So blanching is is something one of my favorite tricks to teach in the kitchen, especially for vegetarian cooking when you're doing a lot of vegetables. But it's great for green vegetables, um, where you basically do a very quick boil in really salty water. And then um, it's almost like par cooking, like when you par cook potatoes or something. Um, and it really brightens the color, it locks in the nutrients, it gets it this crisp, amazing texture. And then you plunge it into an ice bath afterwards to shock it to stop the cooking. And so something like asparagus, where like you're not going to eat asparagus raw, but you can blanch it for a minute and then just munch on it, have it in your fridge. It's awesome. 
That is awesome. You know, I'm learning so much from you, Stephanie, and I consider myself kind of a good cook, but all the stuff you're talking about, I'm like, what? <laughs> so I need to take a class. Let's apparently. have a class after. Yeah. <laughs> I've never taken a cooking class in my life. I've just learned things by figuring it out with, you know, whatever tools I have at my disposal. So I think it's time to that's up my awesome. game. I don't I know, wanted... though. I love that. I think that that's how I learned. Um, I mean, I never took a cooking class in my life. Um, I didn't go to culinary school. I just I, I cook. You experiment. You fail. You try. Um, and I think that's how the actually my best dishes are mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I want to go back to something you said earlier when um, for the family that you're cooking for and the kids that wouldn't eat the vegetables and you've got them to eat their vegetables. I know I have so many friends and there's a lot of Food Heals Nation listeners that have kids and getting them to eat healthy food can be such a challenge. So what was it that, you know, turned the tables for them? How did you stew the, what did you do to make the kids decide, okay, we like veggies now? Okay. (laughs) Well, there's a couple tricks. Um, I mean, there've been cookbooks and, and articles written on this, like, to excess, but there's some really simple things you can do. One is name the dish something fun. <laughs> so, psychology. It's like, it's all, my degree is in psychology. It's great. All of these things come together in this career, but, um, but um, yeah, you actually like call it something fun. Like I do this roasted cauliflower and call it cauliflower popcorn. And they're like magic. Like they're asking for seconds. Um, so calling it something fun, but, um, roasting vegetables is really great for kids. Um, because it kind of caramelizes, becomes something a little sweeter. Um, so, uh, you break like cauliflower or broccoli up into really small, like bite-sized fun pieces and roast them just with like a little bit of olive oil and salt on high heat. Um, and they like, they go crazy over it. So that's a really good one. Um, the, the, tricky one is just to blend vegetables into sauces um, and chop them up into, you know, veggie patties. So I do like veggie burgers and cauliflower patties and um, I'll do marinara sauce that has like a whole bunch of spinach blended in and they never know it's there. Perfect. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Trickery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, like things like uh, zucchini fries. So um, making things into something that's familiar to them already, but just doing a little twist. So I make these panko breaded uh, baked zucchini oh, fries. So good. I'm getting with, hungry again. Yeah. <laughs> with beet ketchup. So um, something they're very familiar with, but just a little bit different. And you kind of ease them into it. So you don't give them, you know, spiralized raw zucchini noodles at first all by themselves. You mix it in with angel hair pasta and then you slowly reduce the amount of angel hair pasta and increase the amount of zoodles. And, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's a great thing. And I love the salad dressing thing because that's how I make my salad dressing. I mix up veggies and avocado and I make this delicious salad dressing and then I pour it over a salad and my husband's like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's an entire avocado in there. Yeah. Or there's like five beets in that ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I know you have a new venture that you are in the process of starting or you started Stage and Table. Tell us Stage about that. Stage and Table. So, um, through the past couple years of, of running this business, um, throwing pop-up dinners, teaching cooking classes, um, and cooking cooking for families, um, I've run into a bunch of, of problems, hurdles. And um, for example, it's a really isolating profession, cooking. You're in a kitchen by yourself all day, and except when you're teaching. Um, and we're all, I know so many amazing people that are doing the same thing, and we're all kind of in our bubbles, and we don't really get to collaborate or, or, uh, or communicate uh, hangouts. 
And I've always wanted to go to a co-working space, but I can't go to a co-working space because there's no kitchen to do my recipes, uh, recipe testing and, and, and food prep. Um, and I need to throw a pop-up dinner, but I am priced out of every single space there is. Um, I get called from YouTube to do a 50 person cooking class and they want to come to my place and I have no place. (laughs) So, um, stage and table is kind of born out of all these issues that there has to be a better solution for people like me. So, um, it's a culinary co-working space. Uh, a community to allow people like me and other food creators to collaborate and really form this this awesome community of food makers. And it kind of grew from there through my business partner where he's on the flip side. We're calling him a taster. So people that really crave um, what I make, basically. So they really want to find new food experiences in LA. They want to go to these pop-up dinners. They want to go to cooking classes. They want something new and different to do, um, but they don't want to have to endlessly search online to find them. So um, we kind of paired this community, this co-working community of makers with this community of tasters. And we're creating this culinary social club slash culinary co-working space. And we're going to be doing a bunch of really cool events uh, that are all culinary focused and really connecting the two communities of people and um, creating this ecosystem, this culinary ecosystem that I think is really missing in L.A. You know what? It's missing in so many places. And I love what you're doing. And I love how you're expanding your business by solving a problem, because as an entrepreneur, that's what you have to do is solve a problem that people need. Meet the need that doesn't currently exist. That's why Uber and all these companies are Mm -hmm. so super successful. And, you know, I know there's such a huge food movement in LA where we are right now, but it's everywhere these days. And there also will be kitchen studio spaces. So a place for like budding YouTube stars to create their content and a photo studio uh, for food bloggers to shoot their their recipes. And, and really, it's a space for culinary entrepreneurs to grow their business. Beautiful. Sounds awesome. I love it. Well, we're going to go check it out. Maybe we'll come and do a podcast there when you're all set up. Oh, that'd be so fun. I love it. All right. So, Stephanie, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? I think the best piece of advice I've ever received is to really try and Find your authentic voice and share it with the world. Um, I think a lot of us spend so much time worrying about what other people think and what the right thing to say is and what the right things to do are. Um, But when you kind of follow your gut and really speak your own truth, it's kind of infectious. People People are more drawn to what you're doing. People understand your passion and kind of get inspired to do their own passion and to to really speak their own truth. And so I really think to to find that authentic voice, to not be so scared and just um, speak out and people will be inspired and drawn to what you're doing if you are really authentic about it. If you're passionate about something that's going to come forward and people want to know what you have to say, everyone learns from experiences and by sharing your experience, you can help another person. And in turn, like people are asking you, hey, I need to take your cooking class. And you're like, I don't have any. So let me create some. I mean, that's incredible. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we all have this this need to be perfect and to have this perfect image. And um, 
I really, really believe in being vulnerable and kind of sharing your struggle and asking for help and not pretending that everything is perfect. It's humanizing, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I think that our, some of my greatest connections have been when I really have, have opened up and been vulnerable. So it kind of bridges into what advice I give to other people is really like be vulnerable. Don't be so scared to show your struggle because you'll end up finding so much help and strength in places you never expected. I mean, I can completely relate to what you're saying. I totally agree. It's like I hid my struggle for so long um, of just losing both of my parents to cancer and battling that and holding it in. And then once I started releasing it, talking about it, changing my life, telling other people like, here's what I did, you can do it too. It was freedom. And before I was holding back and I wasn't my authentic self and I was scared to talk about it because no one wants to talk about cancer, let's be honest. (laughs) But the fact of what I went through, I meet other people that have gone through it and I wouldn't be meeting them if I wasn't putting that energy out there. And I can help someone that's grieving. I can help someone that wants to change their diet so that they don't get sick, you know, and that's my gift. And your cooking is your gift. And if we're not sharing our gifts with the world then what are we doing? Then our lives are going to be inauthentic and miserable. So I love it. So true. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. Tell everyone where they can find you online and what your special offer for Food Heals Nation is. Thank you guys for having me. This thank you so for fun. being here. <laughs> you guys have such a great energy in here. Well, thank you. Um, We've so, heard it before. <laughs> I'm so humble, aren't I? It's because you are your authentic self. That's right. You're very vulnerable in here. So uh, you can find me online at uh, cookingforlove.com. How do you spell love? L-U-V. Because <laughs> L-O-V-E was taken. <laughs> Uh, you can find me online there. Um, I Instagram a lot. That's uh, kind of the best way to connect with what I do in my daily life, the recipes I come up with. Um, I also post recipes every Monday uh, for Meatless Monday. Um, and you guys, if you are in LA, I would love to offer you uh, $10 off my Meatless Monday classes that I host every Monday. <laughs> and um, all you have to do is enter in the coupon food heals when you register. Perfect. So Susie and I are already coming next Monday. <laughs> I do have one question. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you leave us with like a really short recipe, like a lemon vinaigrette or any kind of salad? Oh, lemon vinaigrette. That's my thing. Okay. <laughs> or something else. Then maybe not. No, okay. I love that. Like so, lemon like lemon vinaigrette is. Uh, it's my favorite go-to salad dressing and it's the easiest thing to do. Salad dressings, like you should never have to buy a salad dressing. I know. Like, it's so much healthier, so much more delicious and so easy to make at home. So all you do is take a mason jar. Um, mason jars are like my favorite, but amazing for salad dressings because you just shake, shake, shake. And any leftover, you just stick in the fridge. You have storage. So um, I'll usually take about two lemons. Um, I'll zest one of them with the microplane. <laughs> Zest the, the uh, one lemon into the mason jar. Juice both lemons into the into the mason jar. Grate a clove of garlic on the microplane <laughs> into the jar, and then fill uh, the olive oil or fill the jar with olive oil, um, equal parts to whatever the lemon juice is. Okay. You know, like your lem- there's no measurement because your lemons are going to yield different amounts right. of juice. So you just fill it equal amount, so it's a one to one ratio, and then add some salts. 
salt to taste, a little bit of pepper, and just shake it up and you're done. So easy. Yeah, super easy. Sounds so good. Yeah. All right. Check out Stephanie at cookingforlove.com, stageandtable.com, and of course, follow her on Instagram at cookingforlove, L-U-V. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. L-U-V it. <laughs> Okay, I hope you enjoyed our interview with Stephanie. She's an amazing chef. If you ever have the opportunity to take a class with her, do it. And if she writes a cookbook, it'll be like the number one book on my shelf, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So on the podcast each week, we will share with you a tweetable quote from each episode. And I think Stephanie gave some beautiful advice at the end there. So Susie, what is our tweetable today? Yeah, I loved her advice. So the tweetable quote of today is find your authentic voice and share it with the world. Awesome. I love it. Find your authentic voice and share it with the world. Thank you, Stephanie. If you like that quote, tweet it to at Cooking for Love, L-U-V, and at Food Heals Nation. And you know, Susie, it kind of gives me chills because that's kind of like what we're doing here with this podcast. I know. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So in the beginning of the podcast, we told you that we had a special announcement. So here it is. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) We have a contest. So we're doing a swag bag giveaway full of our favorite organic health and beauty products. So here in the studio, we have 10 Lululemon swag bags and we are filling them up with some amazing products and we're going to send them to 10 lucky winners. So we'll tell you what some of the products actually are in the gift bags in future episodes. So stay tuned for that. All you have to do to enter is subscribe, rate, and review. So go to iTunes, press the subscribe button so that future episodes will automatically download to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever, and leave us a high rating and then write us a review. Remember, we are choosing the winners from our favorite reviews, so make them good. Make them good. Then either tweet us, Facebook us, email us. Send us a screenshot of your review and you will be automatically entered to win a swag bag full of amazing products all organic, all vegan, and all luscious. 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 <laughs> right now, the bag is valued at over $300. And uh, Allison is in talks with some additional companies that we both love to get even more swag added for you, Food Heals Nation. So tweet us a screenshot of your review to at Food Heals Nation or post it to our Food Heals Nation Facebook page. If you are not on Twitter or Facebook, you can always email us at info at foodhealsnation.com. Yep, and we will announce the winners each week on future episodes. So if you win, we'll just ask for your address and send you your swag. And our next episode features Vince Leah, the healthy vegan guy. So next time, stay tuned. He'll tell us how he healed himself of ulcerative colitis through food. An amazing story. It is such a good story and how he maintains a healthy diet and lifestyle to this day. For all the show notes from today's podcast, go to foodhealsnation.com. And remember, Food Heals Nation, every day is a new day for a second chance. What is one thing you can do today to make your health a little bit better tomorrow? Till next time. Adios. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.